0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. My friends, listen now to a reading from the 24th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. That same day, the first day of the week, two of the disciples were making their way to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, talking with each other about all the things that had happened there. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Jesus said to them, What are you discussing with each other as you make your way? Well, they stood still, looking sad. And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? Jesus said to them, What things? Well, they said, The things about Jesus of Nazareth was a prophet, mighty in word and deed before God and all the people. Our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he would be the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it's now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group were at the tomb this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back to tell us they indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of our group went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But they did not see Jesus. Jesus said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things in Scripture about himself. As they came near the village to which they were going, Jesus walked ahead as if he were going on, but they urged him strongly, stay with us. The day is almost over. It is nearly evening. So he went in to stay with them. And as he sat at table, he took bread blessed, broke it, and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning inside us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures for us? That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem, where they found the eleven and their companions gathered together, They were saying, the Lord is risen indeed. He has appeared to Simon. Then they recounted what had happened on the road and how they had come to know him in the breaking of the bread, the gospel of the Lord. Christianity is a religion in motion. Before our tradition was called Christianity, It was referred simply in the Acts of the Apostles as the Way. Today, we find two of Jesus' disciples on the way to Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. This is the end of Luke's Gospel, but right in the middle, Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem And so from the middle of the gospel to the end, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem where he will suffer and die and be raised. And now we find two disciples walking away from Jerusalem. They're disappointed, sad, Luke tells us. They know all the pieces of the story, but they can't make sense of it. Perhaps they don't see Jesus because they're walking in the wrong direction. This pandemic has certainly changed how we live in the world. A lot of the familiar ways are gone, at least for the moment. We, too, are saddened by the specter of this invisible disease. We struggle to find God's presence in this unfamiliar landscape. One of the ways we experience this as Catholics is the fact that we can no longer come together for Sunday Mass. We hunger for the Eucharist. If I were to say to you, Christ is really present in the, right away, you would answer, Eucharist. We Catholics have been taught to see the Eucharist as the source and the summit of our faith, almost to the exclusion of every other form of public prayer. We're not unlike our Jewish ancestors exiled in Babylon. The temple was in ruins, and yet it was during that time of exile that the rabbis developed a religious system in which the temple was replaced by the synagogue and the family home. Two structures of leadership replaced the priesthood of ancient times, the rabbi and the parent. Our friend, Father David Neuhaus, uh, Jerusalem, a Jesuit scripture scholar, was born a Jew. Recently, David pointed out that one of the dramatic effects of the COVID-19 crisis is that Catholics are almost completely cut off from the sacraments. David invites us to learn from the example of our Jewish neighbors and rethink the place of the home in our spiritual lives. Although we tend to focus almost exclusively on Christ's real presence in the Eucharist, the Church recognizes Christ's presence at Mass in several other ways. When we dedicated the Church, the altar was anointed by the Cardinal with chrism. Chrism comes from the same Greek word, which means the anointed one, in Hebrew, the Messiah. So clearly, the altar represents Christ's presence here. But then, the cardinal anointed the walls of the church. The candles around the church draw attention to the anointing stones. So the building is reminding us that Christ is really present in the community who gathers in Christ's name inside these walls. We also insist that Christ is really present in our midst in the word proclaimed. That's why we stand for the gospel. Christ is here, speaking to us, live. As the two disciples said in today's gospel, were not our hearts burning inside us as he spoke to us on the road and opened the scriptures for us. So we have two tables in the church, the table of the word and the table of the Eucharist. This week, during the weekday mass, The church is reading from chapter 6 of John's Gospel. It's the teaching on the bread of life. In the temptation in the wilderness, Jesus reminds us that we do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. While we are hungering for the bread of life, spend some time this week reflecting on Jesus' word, I am the bread of life. Feast on this word of God among us. Here is the good news proclaimed by Luke. Even though we don't see him, Jesus comes near and walks with us. The resurrected Christ seeks out his two errant disciples, joining them even as they walk in the wrong direction and talk about him in the wrong way as he quietly, unobtrusively slipped into the waters of the Jordan to stand next to sinners, as he willingly suffered alongside two other crucified criminals. The Messiah has walked all the way with the two disciples, just as he had accompanied sinful humanity all the way to the limit of sin and death. As always, the Bible tells the story not so much of our quest for God as God's passionate quest for us. The late Episcopal Bishop William Frey from Colorado writes in his memoir how he volunteered to read to an older student named John who had lost his eyesight from a chemical explosion at the age of 13. At first, But naturally, John felt that his life was over. He felt helpless. He felt that God had abandoned him. For the first six months, John self-isolated. Quote, I did nothing but stay in my room and I ate all my meals alone by my choice. And then a curious thing happened. One day, his father entered his room and said, John, winter's coming and the storm windows need to be put up. That's your job. I want them hung by the time I get back this evening. And then John's father turned and walked out of the room and slammed the door. John was so angry. Who does he think he is? And who does he think I am? I'm blind. I'll show them. I'll fall. And then I'll be blind and paralyzed. But in his anger, he felt his way to the garage, found the windows, the tools, and the ladder. It took most of the day, but he got the windows up before evening. And that was a turning point for John. He began to realize he could begin to reconstruct his life. But that wasn't all. Seven years later, John reported, I learned that something else important had happened that day. The entire day, my father was no more than three or four feet from me. Sometimes, we find ourselves in places we never thought we would be. We find ourselves isolated and in despair. But Christianity is a companion journey. We never walk alone. Jesus promised, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there among you. Return to what you know. Open up to the living word of God who accompanies us. Remember that Christianity is a way of life. Practice what you believe. Show kindness to strangers. Pray for each other. Perform acts of justice. And when you do these things, you will suddenly realize that Christ is sitting at your table, your eyes will be opened, and you will recognize him.